Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. Today is the 1st of January 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope we have a wonderful 2022. Um, a little less like 2021, hopefully. The title of today's show is Maxwell Verdict, Change of Narrative 2022 Predictions. So I thought this week I would um, catch up with some of the news um, because obviously this week we've had the Ghislaine Maxwell verdict and also I wanted to look ahead to see what kind of predictions there are in terms of 2022. So we'll do that towards the end of the show. So yes, Ghislaine Maxwell was actually convicted this week of five out of the six um, charges against her. There have obviously been many outlets reporting on this. Uh, I'm going to use the Federalist's article, and this was on the 29th. Epstein co-conspirator Ghislaine Maxwell found guilty of sex trafficking minor girls. A jury found Ghislaine Maxwell, 60, guilty on five or six counts after she facilitated a scheme that enticed minor girls to travel and engage in sexual relations with her former partner, serial sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. A unanimous jury has found Ghislaine Maxwell guilty of one of the worst crimes imaginable, facilitating and participating in the sexual abuse of children. Crimes that she committed with her longtime partner and co-conspirator Jeffrey Epstein. US Attorney Damian Williams of the Southern District of New York said in a statement, The road to justice has been far too long but today justice has been done. I want to commend the bravery of the girls, now grown women, who stepped out of the shadows and into the courtroom. Their courage and willingness to face their abuser made this case and today's result possible. Although Maxwell pleaded not guilty, the jury found that between 1994 and 2004, she engaged in sex trafficking of a minor, transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, as well as three conspiracy charges related to the sex scheme. She was found not guilty of enticing a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, but still faces up to 65 years in prison. Over the duration of Maxwell's trial, prosecutors claimed that Epstein's assistant helped orchestrate the elaborate sex abuse network that shipped underage girls out to Epstein's island in the Caribbean and his home in Palm Beach, Florida, for him to groom and sexually abuse. They used the testimonies of four women who said they not only suffered sexual abuse from Epstein, but also claimed Maxwell facilitated and sometimes participated in the actions. It is crystal clear that Maxwell knew about and was deeply involved in Epstein's sexual abuse of children, Alison Moe, an assistant US attorney, said in her closing argument. Maxwell was key to the whole operation. Maxwell refused to testify at the trial, but her lawyers argued that she is being blamed for the crimes and actions of Epstein, who died in 2019 in the Metropolitan Correctional Centre in New York City, while awaiting his trial on federal sex trafficking charges. One year after Epstein's death, Maxwell was arrested after eluding authorities using new email addresses and phone numbers, 
quietly living on a property in Bradford, New Hampshire, that she had paid for with cash. I'm also going to share the Epoch Times report because it has some additional information in it. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell found guilty on sex trafficking charges. Uh, New York, after five days of deliberation on December 29th, the jury found Ghislaine Maxwell guilty on five of the six sex trafficking charges brought against her in federal court. Maxwell was found guilty on the following charges. Count 1, conspiracy to entice minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. Count 3, conspiracy to transport minors with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Count 4, transportation of a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Count 5, conspiracy to commit sex trafficking of minors. Count 6, sex trafficking of minors. The jury found her not guilty on count two, enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. Earlier in the day, the jurors jurors had requested transcripts of five witness testimonies. The jurors were off for two days for the Christmas holiday and were originally scheduled to have two days off for New Year's. But Judge Alison Nathan requested they be available to work through them. At 4.57pm, all parties were assembled in the courtroom and Nathan told them, we have our verdict. She asked everyone to remain seated and calm and reminded them that there were federal marshals in the room in case they were needed. After the verdict was read, she thanked everyone in the room and told them they were adjourned. The testimony of Jane, who testified how her abuse by Maxwell and deceased financier and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein started when she was 14, was directly related to counts 1 through 4. Each of the non-conspiracy charges contained elements up to 4, and if the jury decided just one of them wasn't satisfied in the non-conspiracy charges, then Maxwell was not guilty of the entire charge. Maggie Crowell, a human rights attorney, a former prosecutor in the California Office of the Attorney General and author of the forthcoming book on sex trafficking, Taking Down Backpage, had anticipated a quick verdict. In my experience, holiday jurors tend to be decisive, she told the Epoch Times, and I don't think this case was overly complicated. You don't learn in law school when jurors are coming back. Krell is aware of the grooming techniques of potential victims the prosecution presented in its case. That's how grooming works. It's a classic technique of predators and it's totally ubiquitous, she said. Krell said that even though the Maxwell case involves famous wealthy people and private jets, in a lot of ways it's a very basic sex trafficking case that's playing out throughout the country because the techniques are so classic from the trafficker's playbook, and that's the grooming, she said. As a former prosecutor, Krell knows how dubious a jury can be. It only takes one juror to not agree, she said. Finding 12 people to agree is challenging. As for sentencing, some of these counts have 10-year mandatory minimums, said Krell. The judge will have to determine what she deserves under these circumstances. Judges tend to not go light on defendants like this, she said sentencing will be in 2022. Now I originally posted this and saying I was skeptical that she would actually be convicted so I was kind of um, pleased to see that she was convicted 
But then I learned that the files were being sealed. In other words, the evidence related to who had travelled on the Lolita Express and, and quite honestly, as many people were saying, if she was convicted of sex trafficking, who were the customers? So even though she's being convicted, is this a major cover-up in relation to the elites, the the Hollywood stars, you know, all the people that travel to Epstein Island? Are they just being protected? Which, of course, is not what we want at all. But an interesting point was made by uh, Dave of X-22 Report, who said it potentially could be sealed because it's being used in other investigations like the, um, you know, another grand jury or even Durham's grand jury. So if that's the case, you know, that's encouraging. But I guess at this point we won't know. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell did threaten to name names if she was found guilty. So we'll have to see if that actually happens. And also, could she end up being another um, suicided person? You know, because we've seen all the memes about uh, Epstein didn't kill himself. And people are saying, you know, <laughs> Ghislaine didn't hang herself. Um, speculating that she might meet the same fate that Epstein did. There's some other interesting points to add to this as well. Um, the judge in Ghislaine Maxwell's case ordered Epstein's agreement with Prince Andrew to be released on January 3rd, which is Monday, of course. Um, it also mentions Alan Dursevich, who was also on the Lolita Express flight logs. Now, he actually defended Epstein in the original 2009 case. Now, the other thing that's really interesting here is... The BBC um, interviewed Dershowitz to get his analysis of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And um, there's been a huge backlash. And this is Yahoo News reporting. BBC apologises for shocking interview with Epstein lawyer moments after Ghislaine Maxwell verdict. And it says, uh, the BBC has apologised for interviewing Jeffrey Epstein's former lawyer moments after Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted of trafficking young girls. Maxwell was found guilty of helping to entice vulnerable teenagers to the late Epstein's various properties for him to sexually abuse between 1994 and 2004. Alan Dershowitz, who represented convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, appeared on the BBC News Channel on Wednesday night following the verdict. Virginia Gouffray has previously claimed she was trafficked by Epstein and forced as a 17-year-old minor to have sex with Dershowitz, Prince Andrew and other men. Dershowitz and Prince Andrew have repeatedly denied the allegations. In May, Dershowitz said he was suing Netflix for $80 million over his portrayal in its Filthy Rich series about Epstein, in which they aired Gouffray's allegations. Dershowitz is also counter-suing Gouffray. Dershowitz was introduced as a constitutional lawyer on the BBC News Channel, with no mention he had been friends with Epstein for decades. 
He used his time to attack Gouffre without being challenged despite ongoing legal proceedings between her and the two men. The BBC has admitted the interview did not meet its editorial standards. Dershowitz, a Harvard University professor emeritus, claimed she wasn't used as a witness in the Maxwell trial because the government didn't believe she was telling the truth. He added, In fact, it weakens the case against Prince Andrew considerably because the government was very selective in who it used. It used only witnesses it said were credible and it deliberately didn't use the main witness, the woman who started the whole investigation, Virginia Gouffre, because they ultimately didn't believe she was telling the truth and they didn't believe a jury would believe her and they were right in doing so. In an interview with the Miami Herald earlier this month, Gouffre's lawyer David Boyce acknowledged he didn't understand why his client had not been called as a witness, but he said the government had not given a reason why Gouffre was not on the witness list. The BBC was criticised for the interview, with human rights barrister Adam Wagner describing it as a huge error. Labour MP Nadia Whitone added, Alan Dershowitz, who was accused of the same crimes as Prince Andrew, is on the BBC trying to silence victims following Ghislaine Maxwell's conviction. I can't believe this needs to be said, but the BBC should not give a platform to people accused of child sexual abuse. Coroner and human rights lawyer, oh gosh, what a name, Kyle Fion Gallagher, was unhappy Dershowitz was portrayed as if he's a neutral expert. She tweeted, shocked, utterly bizarre decision and does the audience a disservice. Women's Equality Party co-founder Catherine Mayer was also upset with the segment, adding BBC News going straight to Alan Dershowitz to comment on Maxwell verdict without context and allowing him to attack Virginia Gouffray. Um, Just before I continue with this, something popped into my head about um, Jimmy Savile. And the BBC covered up all the allegations about his uh, pedophilia and, and even worse things, actually. So, you know, the BBC is another fake news outlet. So probably they used Dershowitz as kind of another cover-up agent. OK, uh, continuing. The BBC said in a statement on Thursday... The interview with Alan Dershowitz after the Ghislaine Maxwell verdict did not meet the BBC's editorial standards as Mr Dershowitz was not a suitable person to interview as an impartial analyst and we did not make the relevant background clear to our audience. We will look into how this happened. Now, as this said, there are civil suits being pursued um, by victims, not just uh, Virginia Gouffre, but other victims as well, against um, abusers and also against the Epstein estate, not least of whom is obviously Prince Andrew. So um, this is from The Telegraph. Uh, this was put out on the 22nd, which, of course, was before the verdict. And the title is What Ghislaine Maxwell's Conviction in Jeffrey Epstein's Sex Trafficking Trial Means for Prince Andrew. Um, 
The conviction of Ghislaine Maxwell for sex trafficking will prove a body blow to the Duke of York, lending significant weight to his accuser's story and fueling fears that he will be considered guilty by association with the British socialite. The jury's verdict following a three-week trial could not have come at a worse time for Prince Andrew, 61, as he fights to get a sexual abuse lawsuit thrown out of court. Virginia Roberts Goufres alleged that she was a victim of sex trafficking and was assaulted or raped by the Duke on three separate occasions in 2001 when she was 17, a claim he, he denies. The Maxwell verdict came as US judges ruled that a 2009 settlement agreement between Epstein and Miss Goufres, which bears directly on her civil lawsuit against Prince Andrew, will be made public early next week. Now, just as an interjection here, it's a bit odd this when it's talking about the Maxwell verdict having come when this was put out on the 22nd. I'm not quite sure why that that term is used. Anyway, let's read on and see. In a joint order on Wednesday, US District Judges Lewis Kaplan and Loretta Preska in Manhattan ordered the agreement's release on or about January 3rd, 2022, finding no reason to keep it under seal. The Prince's lawyer, Andrew Brettler, has contended that the 2009 settlement with Epstein released the Duke of York from liability from Miss Gouffray's lawsuit because it covered royalty, and Epstein insisted it cover anyone Miss Gouffray might sue. Miss Gouffray's lawyer, David Boyce, countered that the settlement applied at most to people involved in underlying litigation in Florida where Epstein had a home and that Prince Andrew should not use it as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Duke asked for depositions to remain sealed. The Duke had made an unprecedented request for all witness testimony taken in his sexual abuse case to be kept secret, it has emerged, asking for depositions, including his own, to remain under seal, even if neither party declares the evidence confidential. Miss Gouffray tweeted on Wednesday night, My soul yearned for justice for years, and today the jury gave me just that. I will remember this day always. You know, this is so weird. I had to go back to that previous article and just check that the verdict was on the 29th, because how this article can be dated the 22nd just beats me. But anyway, whatever. I'll carry on. She added, I hope that today is not the end, but rather another step in justice being served. Maxwell did not act alone. Others must be held accountable. I have faith that they will be. While not a witness at Maxwell's trial, Ms. Gouffray has loomed large over proceedings and was mentioned repeatedly in court. Although her own evidence was not tested, the Duke's legal team will be under no illusion that the guilty verdict will have a significant impact on his case. The four women who told the New York jury how they were abused by Maxwell and Epstein, the convicted sex offender, have been declared credible by a criminal court. Their stories believed, their testimony true. This alone will give Miss Gouffray's case impetus and make it more difficult for the judge to kick it into touch when he hears arguments on the Duke's motion to dismiss the civil complaint in the new year. Prince Andrew flew on the Lita Express. The court also heard how Prince Andrew had been among those who flew on Epstein's private jet, nicknamed the Lolita Express. 
In seeking to get their own case thrown out, the Duke's lawyers have sought to paint Miss Gouffre as a money grabber who is simply after another payday at his expense. Some experts believe the decision not to call Miss Gouffre as a witness at Maxwell's trial could work in his favour if it was made as suspected because her various inconsistencies were unlikely to withstand the rigorous scrutiny of the criminal court. The attempts to smear her credibility and motives have been criticised, but may now hold even less sway in the court of public opinion. Prince Andrew has insisted he has no recollection of meeting Miss Gouffray, but makes no such claim when it comes to Maxwell. It was Maxwell, an old friend, who introduced him to Epstein in 1999. It was Maxwell who invited the Duke to her London home to meet Miss Gouffray and Epstein when all three posed together for that now infamous photograph on her landing. It was Maxwell who is alleged to have told Miss Gouffray the following day that she had done a really good job and made Prince Andrew really happy after having sex with him. And it was Maxwell who was so often there at the Duke's side, from Ascot to Palace Balls, shooting weekends to holidays at the Queen's Balmoral Estate and even Princess Beatrice's 18th birthday party. The Duke's spokesperson declined to comment on the Maxwell verdict, but several sources in his camp have acknowledged that it will not help their case. The jury has declared that these women are credible, their testimony is credible, one royal aide said. Virginia Gouffray might not have been involved, but it's the cumulative effect. If a jury has decided they are telling the truth, that gives her story a significant boost. It can't help but be damaging. Bradley Simon, a former federal prosecutor in New York who now works as a defence attorney specialising in complex civil litigation, previously told The Telegraph that it would be guilt by association for Prince Andrew if Maxwell was convicted, noting that the charges she faced were of a similar nature to the civil complaint. It can't help but be damaging, he said. The Duke asked for Maxwell's help in dealing with Miss Gouffray's allegations in 2015, sending an email at 5.50am that said, let me know when we can talk, got some specific questions to ask you about Virginia Roberts. Maxwell replied, have some info, call me when you have a moment. The pair are last known to have seen each other in June 2019 when she visited the Duke at Buckingham Palace. Two months later, Epstein was dead having killed himself in a New York prison, uh, maybe, and Maxwell disappeared from public view as the FBI sought information on her role in his trafficking ring. But they are thought to have kept in touch. It was later claimed that the Duke had begged Maxwell to come out of hiding and publicly defend him from Miss Gouffray's allegations. When she did not, he chose instead to make an ill-fated appearance on Newsnight, Sources close to Maxwell suggested in August that she will be prepared to give evidence on behalf of the Duke should she walk free. Instead, the Duke will now have to try to distance himself from his old friend as he fights to salvage his own reputation. Lawyers to argue no logic or authority for seal. The judge will next week hear arguments on the Duke's motion to dismiss the civil claim. Miss Gouffray's lawyers are expected to argue against his request to keep all depositions sealed, stating that there was no logic or authority for such a provision. 
Mr. Brettler has also asked the judge to halt proceedings on the basis that Miss Gouffre lived in Australia and not Colorado, as her lawsuit suggested, which would invalidate her claim under federal court law. Miss McCauley insisted that they would prove the New York federal courts had jurisdiction, but she said that even if not, Miss Gouffre would simply refile her claims in New York State Court. The current claim was filed in August under New York's Child Victims Act, which lifted the statute of limitations in cases involving alleged sexual offences against minors. However, the CVA deadline expired just days later, meaning that she would have to find another means of filing a fresh lawsuit against the Duke. And also there's a, a link to a video and it's saying Maxwell's family launch appeal after sex abuse verdict. Um, that's no surprise. I'm not going to read that. Just another couple of things before I move on to a different topic. I did read a recent article that said um, that the uh, that Virginia Gouffray's lawyers had found six witnesses that connected her with Prince Andrew. That will be interesting. Um, the mainstream fake media are trying to tie Trump to all of this because there are many photographs of him with Epstein when um, he was at Mar-a-Lago. Of course, Trump threw him out after he'd been propositioning uh, a young girl there. And interestingly... He never flew to Epstein Island. He only flew once on one of Epstein's planes to get him to New York and, and back. I'm not sure if it was and back, but when his own plane was under maintenance. And I was uh, reminded when I saw a tweet about somebody asking Julian Assange why he didn't put out any dirt on Trump. And his answer was because there isn't anything. But they're obviously trying to pin something on Trump that isn't true. And it links to the hoax information that was put into the dossier about this P-tape of Trump with, with Trump in Russia, which was completely discredited. So they're just, you know, doing their dirty work as usual. We shouldn't be surprised about that. Um, just lastly... Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted, if the fake January 6th committee can subpoena innocent people's cell phone data and bank records, then Jeffrey Epstein's whole network should be publicised. And I think that's a very fair comment. We'll have to see what happens in the coming weeks. So moving on to what I put in the title, Change of Narrative, and this is all relating, of course, to COVID-19 and um, the vaccinated and changing what they're saying about things like the masks and everything else. So um, one of the things is that the CDC has changed the rules on isolation because the vax would be the ones that had to isolate and the economy would collapse. They've changed um, the length of time for isolation from 10 days to five days. So people are becoming more and more awake to questioning the so-called science behind this because it makes no sense. Suddenly you only need five days rather than 10. 
The CDC has also admitted that the COVID pandemic was the product of an inappropriate test. This was published on the 28th and it's by Europe Reloaded. Um, Quietly without media attention, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has withdrawn the PCR process as a valid test for detecting and identifying SARS-CoV-2. After December 31st, 2021, CDC will withdraw the request to the US Food and Drug Administration for emergency use authorization of the CDC 2019 novel coronavirus real-time RT-PCR diagnostic panel, the assay first introduced in February 2020 for detection of SARS-CoV-2 only. And it's got a link to the CDC website with the... um, article about that. The CDC admits that the PCR test cannot differentiate between SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. And if you think about how the flu numbers last year went down to ridiculously low levels, like 1,800 flu deaths, when, you know, the typical flu deaths in a normal year are up in the you know, hundreds of thousands. Uh, So (laughs) this really underscores the fact that the so-called coronavirus deaths were actually flu deaths, not coronavirus at all. And in fact, many, you know, most of the cases were probably flu and uh, attributed to COVID. Um, Let me carry on. I reported several months ago that the health authorities had reached this decision but were withholding its implementation until the end of 2021. They needed the fake test to keep the fear going in order to achieve as much vaccination and therefore as much profit as possible. It's extraordinary that the CDC's withdrawal of the test received no attention from the media or politicians. Dr Carrie Mullis, Nobel laureate and inventor of the PCR process, said several years ago that the PCR is a process. It does not tell you that you are sick. It was never meant to be a COVID test. Dr Pascal Sacre, the famous Belgian specialised in critical care, said that the RT-PCR process was misused and applied as a relentless and intentional strategy to create the appearance of a pandemic based on phony test results and not actual COVID patients in order to violate human and constitutional rights of citizens. As I have reported consistently, the PCR test was intentionally run at high cycles that were known to produce false positives. Most of the alleged COVID cases were nothing but intentional fabrications. Hospitals were part of the deceptive scam because they were incentivized by financial rewards to report practically all deaths as COVID deaths. It was easy to do as every dying person from any cause was given a PCR test that produces up to 97% false positives and thereby declared a COVID death. The question before the world is whether the health authorities, really just shills for big pharma profits as Robert F. Kennedy has proved, the politicians and the lying media will be held accountable for the injuries and deaths caused by the vaccine itself for the lost and closed businesses caused by the senseless lockdowns and for the extraordinary violations of the Nuremberg laws by mandated vaccination. 
the people of the world need to understand that the orchestrated COVID pandemic is the most horrible mass crime ever committed in human history. It was the free West that organised and perpetrated this horrible crime. The people who trusted Fauci, who trusted Biden, who trusted the medical establishment and who trusted the media had their lives ruined. Will the human race be too stupid to comprehend its deception and the consequences for human rights and human freedom? Will they continue to trust authorities and media that deceived them with a controlled narrative that required silencing and punishing all the real experts? If so, they will have been effectively enslaved. And this article continues on with uh, some more information as well. I'm not going to read that because there's another very suspect thing that I came across and um, I actually posted it on Facebook um, earlier in the week. I've just gone back to Facebook to find the article that I linked to and I've got a notice saying account restricted, only you can see this. So obviously Facebook didn't like the fact that I was posting this article. So let's open it up and take a look. It's actually the Epoch Times and it was published on the 31st yesterday. COVID antiviral pills cause life-threatening reactions when used with many common meds, FDA. And this is to do with the fact that um, they just, the FDA just approved this antiviral drug. Pfizer's antiviral oral drug developed to treat COVID-19 can cause severe or life-threatening effects when used with common medications including some anticoagulants, some antidepressants and some cholesterol-lowering statins, according to the Food and Drug Administration. FDA does not recommend Paxlovid for those with severe kidney or liver disease. The FDA on December 22nd granted emergency use authorization to Pfizer's COVID-19 treatment pill as treatment for mild to moderate cases of COVID-19 in patients from 12 years of age. Paxlovid was the first oral medication of its kind authorised by the FDA to treat COVID-19 with the aim of reducing the need for hospitalisation before patients become too ill from the infection. And obviously this is just more uh, profiteering because we know that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are really effective treatments in the early stages to prevent hospitalisation. But of course, they're being vilified because they won't bring the profits that Big Pharma wants to make out of this scamdemic. Um, Continuing, this authorisation provides a new tool to combat COVID-19 at a crucial time in the pandemic as new variants emerge and promises to make antiviral treatment more accessible to patients who are at high risk for progression to severe COVID-19, stated Patricia Cavazzoni, director of the FDA's Centre for Drug Evaluation and Research. Paxlovid consists of a cocktail of two drugs, the first being Nermatrelvir, which stops the SARS-CoV-2 virus from replicating, while the second component acts to prolong the duration of the Nermatrelvir. The EUA came a month after the federal government announced it will purchase 10 million courses of the drug. Note a month after. 
the federal government announced it would purchase 10 million courses of the drug. Earlier in November, the Biden administration had already purchased some 10 million courses of the drug in a more than $5 billion agreement. Pending EUA, US will receive doses starting in 2021 and throughout 2022 as part of a contract agreement with Pfizer, Health and Human Services stated in a statement. So um, I'm not going to read the rest of this. I'm actually appalled at this. And, you know, my comment on the Facebook post, which, of course, is now not visible. Uh, so, I, so our wonderful government, sarcasm alert, purchased the kill pill before the EUA. How much of that circled back to the FDA to ensure the EUA was granted? The EUA came a month after the federal government announced it would purchase 10 million courses of the drug Earlier in November, the Biden administration had already purchased some 10 million courses of the drug in a more than $5 billion agreement. So there you have it. If that ain't a scam, I don't know what is. And just another example of how this is a totalitarian gallop now, actually. Um, National File Reports, the supreme irony. Papers, please. Holocaust Museum makes visitors present vaccine passport to enter. And they got absolutely roasted on Twitter. <clears throat> this was posted yesterday. The Illinois Holocaust Museum recently announced that visitors over the age of five must present their COVID-19 vaccine passport to enter the building, prompting mockery from health freedom advocates. According to a statement from the Illinois Holocaust Museum, Visitors over the age of five must present proof of full COVID-19 vaccination to enter the building as of January 5th, 2022. Those over 16 must also provide photo identification that matches that on their COVID-19 passport of choice. Despite requiring COVID-19 vaccine passports, attendees must also wear face masks. If you do not follow these guidelines, you may be asked to leave the museum, the museum's website warns. To ensure Illinois Holocaust Museum is as safe as possible for visitors, volunteers and staff, the museum will require all guests age 5 plus to show proof of full COVID-19 vaccination to enter the building as of January 5th, 2022, See our safety protocols here. And that was a tweet that they put out. After the statement went viral, the Illinois Holocaust Museum apparently changed the tweet settings to limit replies. The existing replies are overwhelmingly negative and users have since taken to quote tweets to express their displeasure with the museum's decision. Wait, I'm confused, wrote one user. Do people with yellow stars get in or are they the ones denied entry? Can you please explain how we know who is unclean and how you plan on discriminating against them again, just so we're clear? What a slap in the face to the people who suffered the greatest tragedy from being othered, another added. Discrimination based on medical status is wrong and you have tarnished all the good you have done with this mandate. Force your five-year-old kids to be injected with synthetic mRNA in which the manufacturers have zero liability for side effects, injuries or death 
wrote Musician and Pundit Anomaly, so you can check out historical stories about a tyrant. Optics check. Tiger Fitness's Mark Lobliner added, You have literally become Nazis. I hate you, he summarised. Sadly, there are still those on Twitter calling for everybody to just get jabbed or just get the shot, still completely brainwashed by all of this. And, you know, these long lines of people queuing up to get a PCR test or, a you know, a rapid test when they're absolutely asymptomatic. It's just absolute madness. It really is. And uh, it's just very sad to see the level of intelligence and common sense that these people possess, um, obviously, way down on the charts. So... Let's hope more people wake up, but if not, that is their choice and their destiny, I guess. I'm going to read you the Assetti newsletter again. Um, it's really not telling us anything that we don't already know, but it may add some um, additional detail to it. Uh, James Gilliland, of course, it's Assetti.org, I think it is. Anyway. Um, have you figured it out yet? The global elite billionaire eugenicists have teamed up with the CCP, the Communist China Party, to take down America. America must fall to usher in the new world order. Their motto is order through chaos. They have infiltrated almost every aspect of government with bribes and blackmail. They created and funded the gain-of-function research that created the pandemic and have been very vocal about population reduction goals. To be specific, in their own words, they want 13 out of 14 people dead, as written in their doctrines and on the Georgia Guidestones. And there's a screenshot of a book called Verbatim by Jacques Attali. Here from a 1981 book by Bilderberger, Jacques Attali is an example of the elite's mindset. The future will be about finding a way to reduce the population. Of course, we will not be able to execute people or build camps. We get rid of them by making them believe it is for their own good. We will find or cause something, a pandemic targeting certain people, a real economic crisis or not, a virus affecting the old or the elderly. It doesn't matter. The weak and the fearful will succumb to it. The stupid will believe in it and ask to be treated. We will have taken care of having panned the treatment, a treatment that will be the solution. The selection of idiots will therefore be done by itself. They will go to the slaughterhouse alone. For those who don't know, Klaus Schwab is chairman of the World Economic Forum and wrote the book COVID-19, The Great Reset. This is not a conspiracy theory. It is completely real. Do your research. And it's got a screenshot of a page from the book by Klaus Schwab. And the section that's highlighted, it says at least 4 billion useless eaters shall be eliminated by the year 2050 by means of limited wars, organized epidemics of fatal rapid action diseases, sorry, rapid acting diseases and starvation. Energy, food and water shall be kept at subsistence levels for the non-elite starting with the white populations of Western Europe and North America and then spreading to other races. The population of Canada, Western Europe and the United States will be decimated more rapidly 
than on other continents until the world's population reaches a manageable level of 1 billion, of which 500 million will consist of Chinese and Japanese races selected because they are people who have been regimented for centuries and who are accustomed to obeying authority without question. And then there's a third screenshot, which uh, is a Kissinger quote from a speech to the, uh, to the WHO Council on Eugenics, February 25th, 2009. Once the herd accepts mandatory vaccinations, it's game over. They will accept anything, forcible blood or organ donation, for the greater good. We can genetically modify children and sterilise them for the greater good. Control sheep mines and you control the world or the herd. Vaccine makers stand to make billions and many of you in this room are investors. It's a big win-win. We thin out the herd and the herd pays us for extermination services. And the article continues, what is unfolding has been written in detail previously in their game plan. The COVID and all the variants were known and written about verbatim years before they appeared. The real pandemic and threat is not COVID, which has a 99.98% recovery rate. It is in the experimental gene therapies, a witch's brew of carcinogens, toxins, along with an operating system that can be accessed externally. There are actually three different vaccines so as to maintain a healthy group to say I got the vaccine and had no side effects. One was a saline solution, the other the mRNA gene therapy, the third was the kill shot. The booster shots will eventually finish off the survivors. They are on a timer. Have you researched what is in the vaccine? Why do the vaccine companies want the information of what's in the vaccine sealed for 75 years? Why are the triple vaccinated flooding into the hospitals with COVID and variants? Why do the triple vaccinated have to wear masks? Why do they ignore herd immunity that has already occurred when the unvaccinated that came down with COVID have 13 times stronger immune system than those vaccinated, including protection from the variants? Did you know China owns the WHO and the United Nations? The CDC, the NIH and the FDA are run by the vaccine companies who own and profit from patents on COVID and the treatments. These organisations are revolving doors for China-backed CEOs and CEOs of Big Pharma. Did you know the CCP shares a lab in Wuhan, China, where gain-of-function bioweapons are created, financed by the NIH with your taxpaying dollars? All evidence points to gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab is where the pandemic originated. Whistleblowers in China and America with first-hand knowledge and top officials in the alphabet agencies have made this clear, some regardless of death threats. Did you know the protocols for treatment, remdesivir and ventilators, are a death sentence falling right into the depopulation agenda? Did you know they pack the rest homes and senior care facilities with people infected with covid they are still using remdesivir, receiving huge kickbacks from Big Pharma, which has a 30% fatality rate. Now they're asking to use remdesivir for all the elderly as pre-COVID treatments. How can you make sense out of any of this without factoring in some kind of maniacal plan that goes far beyond incompetence into the realm of genocide? And interestingly, um, 
I've seen reports about the remdesivir clinical trials and what they were showing is that the fatality rate was 51% of those involved in the trials and it was still um, approved for emergency use. And then it's got a screenshot and I'm, I don't actually know what it's, where it's from. It just highlights President Trump's vaccine ingredients, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, azithromycin, doxycycline and zinc. So there's a lot of pushback on uh, Trump supporting the vaccines. He is saying, you know, it's your choice. It's not supporting the mandates. But there are a lot of people that are somewhat disillusioned by him seemingly in favour of the the kill shots. Um, but that was to indicate that when he refers to the vaccine, it's to what he got, which is not um, any of those um, approved for emergency use. Actually, I missed this. Underneath, it actually says Cliff on Twitter was the source for that. Did you know Yahweh is written in your DNA? It is the temple within. Did you know the mRNA and the experimental gene therapies invades and alters your DNA? Did you know the majority of the global elite are satanic Luciferians with transhuman agendas? If you take the jab, you are no longer human. You fall under their patents. Have you wondered why you cannot get these agencies to protect the people, given the true statistics on vaccine injuries and deaths? Why the news is covering this all up, mainstream and social media? Do you know why they are censoring the lead scientists in the vaccine companies, Nobel, Nobel Prize winning scientists, frontline doctors and nurses that are going public with the censored, crippling and deadly consequences of these vaccines? The very makers of the vaccines are screaming, do not get them. The inventor of the PCR test said, do not use it due to a 90% false positive as admitted by the CDC. Hospitals were given bonuses to write COVID-19 as the cause of death, paid to prescribe remdesivir and ventilators. The cold and flu season disappeared. Heart attacks, strokes, cancer all mysteriously disappeared falsely labelled as COVID deaths. Did you know the mandated vaccine is experimental and not approved by the FDA? The approved version is not out yet. Did you know to coerce or force medical procedures is in direct opposition to the Nuremberg Codes, the Constitution, international laws and treaties? Would that fall under conspiracy to commit murder, premeditated murder, genocide, sedition or treason? Are those who coerce or force the mandates immune from the Nuremberg trials? Do they fall under the same immunity of the vaccine companies or are they liable? Those coercing and forcing mandates are liable under the law and have no immunity. Did you know the vaccine company's immunity is based on no willful misconduct? Would keeping safe, effective, inexpensive early treatments away from the public fall under willful misconduct? With the prior knowledge of crippling and deadly side effects, paying politicians, governors and school boards to force the mask and vaccine mandates, lockdowns, destroying small businesses and the economy, fall under willful misconduct, child endangerment, conspiracy to commit murder, treason. Have these politicians, governors, school boards accepted money from China, the global elite, misappropriated government funds, like Project Care, which has already misappropriated or found missing $100 billion. 
How many politicians are heavily invested in the vaccine companies? Have the majority of the Democrats, some Republicans, engaged in decisions and actions extremely detrimental to America? Is there collusion? Defunding and firing police, firefighters, first responders, doctors and nurses during an extreme crime wave and pandemic makes no sense unless you want total chaos and to destroy the very foundation of America. Is coercing and forcing young soldiers to get a vaccine with crippling and deadly side effects who are at little risk in the best interest of national security, especially having no idea of the long-term risks? Let's apply the same logic to children who are at little risk of getting it and almost zero risk of dying from it. The children merely are a category on the vaccine company's charts to add to their already billions in profits. What happened to the military leaders who have sworn an oath to protect the people and the constitution in charge of keeping the troops healthy and fit on the ready? What happened to the Hippocratic Oath? Has the allegiance shifted from the patient to the vaccine company's big pharma profit-driven science? I'm just going to jump down a little bit. Um, he's got a screenshot of uh, psychologist Stanley Milgram found that 80% of the population do not have the psychological or moral resources to defy an authority's order, no matter how illegitimate the order is. Therefore, only 20% have critical thinking capacity. This explains quite a lot. In summation, history will be told a group of billionaire eugenicists created bioweapons followed by what they call vaccines, experimental gene therapies, operating systems filled with carcinogens, deadly toxins, parasites and nanotech, graphene oxide. In a depopulation programme, lockstep with bribed and blackmailed mainstream and social media, politicians and agencies. They use the care programme to further bribe officials, including school boards, to carry out their mask and vaccine mandates. The critical thinking research impaired socially engineered what they call useful idiots march themselves and their children who statistically were never threatened by COVID or the variants in to get jabbed while virtue signalling, shaming and attacking the unvaccinated. They demanded the unvaccinated get the jab which has proven to have crippling and deadly side effects and ineffective in protecting against the COVID and its variants. The only thing effective concerning the jab is to reduce the population. It is now proven the unvaccinated, due to herd immunity, which has already kicked in, have an immune system 13 times stronger than the unvaccinated, with no crippling or deadly side effects. There is no real science behind the mask or vaccine mandates, only political profit-driven junk science supports the mask and vaccine mandates. The awakened, the unvaccinated and their children are our last hope for the future. If we want to have a future, maintain our God-given and constitutional rights, avoid the abject poverty, water and food shortages, enslavement, plagues and deaths planned for us by the global elite and the CCP. We are going to have to wake up and rise up, find the courage and impeccable integrity within. If you can't do it for yourself, do it for the children. If you have gotten the jab willingly in ignorance or from coercion, forgive yourself and do not wish your mistakes on others. There are solutions to mitigate the damages. As they say in Hawaii, do not comply and resist for the ohana, the family and the kiki or kikai, I'm not sure, the children.
Do not do the bidding of the global elite. Do not enforce the Ducronian mandates or comply with them. This is an IQ, courage and integrity test. How are you doing so far? So as promised, I'm going to finish up with some predictions for 2022. And this is by Michelle Caron, michellecaron.com. And um, it was actually written on September the 6th. Panoramic view of 2022. Numerologically, a six year, two plus zero plus two plus two, connected to the planet Venus. This is the last year of this vicious and manipulative fight between the forces of darkness and the forces of light. All will not be perfect yet in 2023, but at least the worst will be behind us. The good side of Venus is love, peace, harmony, balance and beauty. But she also has the dark aspect of conflict, greed, anger, jealousy and possessiveness. We shall have to choose our camp. This end of cycle will be unusually intense as the dark forces push forward with the power of desperation. The division between people will become particularly marked this year. Yet we should keep our focus on the outcome we desire and not the ups and downs of a year that will be rich in sudden explosive events. The Chinese year of the water tiger, February 1st, 2022 to January 21st, 2023. A year that is generally considered extreme. Drama dominates the scene. Massive unforeseen changes in society bring unexpected developments. We shall most likely witness military coups, the rebellion of the people, natural disasters and scandals purposely created to cover up political corruptions. Structures are fragile. Wars over the control of resources erupt. In this climate of chronic instability, we shall need to adapt quickly while observing carefully what is going on that we may decipher the underlying truth. A huge movement for integrity will emerge. Selfishness, greed and the manipulations that dominated the past will no longer be supported in the emerging new energy. Relationships could be more distant, even volatile. Tempers flare up quickly. Many will be ultra-reactive when confronted with situations that do not suit their perception of what they deserve. Reason outweighs emotions, making romance less passionate, yet deeper, wiser and more transparent. Old emotional and psychological wounds heal. We should beware of people who are interested in material gain under the guise of love. If they manage to see through the illusions and follow their heart, those who are still single will be rewarded with true love. An excellent year to welcome a feisty baby into the world. Some family members could place demands that create enormous emotional pressure. Even if we are biologically related, this does not mean we are like-spirited. Conflicts of opinion could be met with cold detachment. The true colours of many will become clear in sometimes shocking ways, forcing us to set definitive boundaries to preserve our integrity. Water will be at the centre of attention, its preservation, but also because of natural disasters. Ecological movements will demand justice and get it. Innovative solutions are being pushed forward. Strange ideas could gain traction. Original projects materialise. In financial matters, prudence and discernment are required. Extreme transferences of money might occur. The richest could become the poorest, while those who used to have very little acquire instant wealth. 
This year, progress comes to those who channel their ambitions wisely and work with efficiency, diligence and discipline. The bolder our creativity is, the more we use our intuitive intelligence and are excited by our projects, the more success we are likely to to achieve. Discretion, thoughtfulness, integrity, kindness, compassion, self-control and consistency are particularly rewarded. In this end year, being our best self is more essential than ever. So there you have it. Some encouraging news there on uh, the predictions for this year. And um, as usual, I've run out of time with lots more stuff going on in the world. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. And I want to wish you a very happy 2022 filled with health, love, joy, peace and abundance. So just as a reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net, the the webalchemist.net empoweredmanifestation.com thanks to nancy for producing and be well stay safe and bye for now you have been listening to the cosmic creating radio show with jan shaw a production of cosmic reality radio live long and prosper 